0: Hello, and welcome to the London Scots podcast. Hello, and welcome to the London Scots podcast where we have a chat with Scots who have made it to the big smoke. It's about where they came from, why they're in London and what their life is like. We won't solve the mysteries of the universe but we hope to capture a slice of life and have a bit of a laugh along the way. Joining us today we have Alice Hopkins. Alice, where do you come from and how did you end up in London?
1: So I come from Edinburgh and I moved down to London about nine months ago now in August. And it was just kind of where I always knew I wanted to go after uni. It was a place that all my friends from uni wanted to go down to. So when I came to graduating and looking to apply for jobs, I was only really applying to come down to London. Yeah, I think because I'd been in Edinburgh and then I went to St Andrews University, I just wanted something completely different. And I thought London could offer that.
0: And where about? And uh, What do you study at St Andrews University?
1: I studied modern history.
0: You studied modern history, oh, how, yeah? How interesting! And what 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 year does that go from?
1: So it kind of is a bit hazy, but largely with the like invention of the printing press. So okay, that's a bit. But I love proper modern modern history. So the things that I specialised in were the Kennedy years in nineteen sixties America, and like living in the UK during the Second World War and stuff like that. So I'm more interested in the past hundred or so years yeah so i like proper modern modern (laughs)
0: Very (laughs) Um, good. yeah of course that that great phrase that history is the rudder that steers us and i remember listening to uh i think it was tony blair who obviously trained as a lawyer and uh he said he thought all politicians should study history rather than law or anything else
1: yeah i definitely do agree that and there are so many quotes about how you look at history and you just see the same mistakes being made again and again and almost ends up being a pattern that when I was doing 1960s America that like that was um, in 2016 that I was studying it so it was all with um, Trump gaining presidency and everything and the mirroring of American society then American society 50 years later was quite spooky in some parts but you do just see that people do make the same mistakes again and then there's a someone gets in power and everyone there's a surge and everyone's happy again and people are prosperous and then it plummets down again. And it just seems to be the same repetitive cycle, just continuing.
0: And did you cover Eisenhower at all in your studies or was that just a bit too
1: early? It was just a little bit too early. So it kind of started with Eisenhower era and how then the younger generations kind of wanted to rebel against what he had kind of created in terms of the generic family and everyone living in the suburbs and commuting in and the kind of ideal american life
0: very interesting yeah. i yeah. mentioned that only because um i was having a chat the other day with someone earlier this week and he talked about calian castle mm-hmm. on the west coast um, where president eisenhower had a, a wing of, or
1: a top oh floor. uh-huh
0: go and visit it and stay in it and my wife took me there and we actually had to be going there on the day that we learned that uh, Donald Trump uh, had won the election. Oh, my uh, goodness. America. And you can go and read all of Eisenhower's. a fantastic place to go. It's a beautiful uh-huh. uh, but it's fascinating as well. And you can read all of Eisenhower's papers. They've got them all documented oh, there. Oh, wow. Amazing job that he did in coordinating, first of all, the American forces, the three forces, maybe mm. an army coming with their different cultures. And, yeah. And, and doing. Allied forces and bringing those different cultures together in order to coordinate force, and and then all his awards and the presidency, and uh-huh. that diabetic, um, uh, black and white video of him warning about the military industrial complex, and if America does not get to grips with it, it will take over and dominate it. And I was reading all of this on the day that uh, oh America my gosh. Donald Trump and, uh-huh. and just to compare and contrast it mm-hmm. same job different personality different background and, and different skill set I guess yeah
1: and I suppose the things that you must have been reading him talking about as being a threat to make society are the same kind of things that you feel God, that's still relevant well, today of what yeah. we view yeah. as a threat
0: so you came down to London then and at yeah. uh, nine months in London and, what, and it was a job that took you down to London you said you want to come down as well so So what area do you work in now?
1: So at the moment, I'm working at um, a tech startup that does online tutoring. So rather than having a tutor come to your house, you would go online and essentially Skype with them. So I work kind of marketing and recruiting tutors. So more focused on, because all our tutors are current university students. So it's essentially trying to make it the most desirable part-time job for students.
0: That's a great idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I I just applied for only jobs in London, and then knew I wanted to kind of work in a startup field, just because I wanted to be in a more smaller company and kind of have a bit more responsibility than you would in a big
0: corporate. Well, that's right. And Alex, so let's do a quick um, run check of the things you've got in your office. Have you your tech startup? So is there mm. a ping pong table there?
1: There is not a ping pong table, but there should be. Okay, pool table. No pool table.
0: Open brickwork somewhere.
1: There is open brickwork. There is All definitely right. that. There's bean bags.
0: Bean bags, cool. um, good.
1: Yeah, it, we need to glam it up a bit because we've just moved offices. We've just moved to Spitalfields. Um, oh, well, they... yeah, which is very start upy. And so one of my jobs is trying to make it a bit more funky. Um,
0: oh, good. <laughs> so,
1: so I'll be taking your tips of the f- foosball table. <laughs> um, I think we're trying to get a timeline of the company on one mall so that's quite cool yeah uh, but no we need we need a bit more quirky stuff nap pods is one thing I'm <laughs> pushing for
0: very good and and are you working all the hours that the Lady God sends you or or what
1: no it's it's quite bad. it's just Monday to Friday nine till six and it it is good at giving you quite a good work life balance because I look at some of my friends that are working crazy crazy hours within they are quite good at being like at six o'clock you should go home and still have oh, very a good. life their fault,
0: that's their fault for wanting to be merchant bankers I
1: know exactly exactly but they get the money so <laughs> my, my sympathy's limited
0: <laughs> and so so coming down from Edinburgh did, did you grow up in Edinburgh as well
1: yeah,
0: so I sorry you went to St Andrews that's right. Yes yeah, but I only the distance of of growing up in a UNESCO world heritage place mm. going to St Andrews which is probably a UNESCO world heritage site is it if it's not it should be.
1: Yeah I think it must be. Yeah.
0: The castles and stuff. And then moving to uh, London which is not a UNESCO world heritage site mm. or maybe it has a few UNESCO world heritage bits to it anyway. So yeah. what were your impressions when you first came down?
1: I think the main thing was just how huge it is. And how I was so used to when I wanted to meet up with my friends, you know, you can message someone say, oh, do you fancy going for a coffee? And you could be with them in 15 minutes. It wouldn't. Yeah. It was in London. It's like you have to get your calendars out and coordinate diaries and think, yeah. oh, three weeks next Tuesday, let's have a drink, which I definitely wasn't used to. I kept messaging people on a Friday night being like, hey, anyone free? And everyone's like, no, I've had plans booked in for <laughs> for months for tonight. Yeah. So I think how huge it is and how long it genuinely gets, takes to get from place to place. Yeah. Uh, Really gotten into my podcasts for the Tube. (laughs) Was in St. Andrews. It would literally be walking around the corner to anywhere. But I like, I like the hustle and the bustle and it's nice, especially compared to St. Andrews where you just feel like everyone that you walk past are either students or old people. (laughs) It's quite nice having a bit more diversity but there's people coming that are, from all ages, all walks of life. I remember being so surprised whenever I came back from St Andrews and seeing a child <laughs> because I just never saw children walking around. So it's nice being around people that aren't just exactly the same as me.
0: Yeah, yeah. So And the the ethnic diversity as well is something. Yeah, definitely. I, love. I live in Edinburgh now, but uh, I always remember when I moved back to Edinburgh after living for 10 years in London, Edinburgh just seemed so white. It was incredible.
1: Yeah, it is. And it, it does like shock you when you realise like, but that is all you've known until now. And it is when you go back, you think, God, everyone here is white, is largely from the same kind of background. Most people British all the way back. Um, and then you come to London, it is nice having that diversity. And I think in London, it's nice, but I find Edinburgh, I love it. But I do feel like if you're in the centre, that's where like all the nice parts are. And it's like more, the further you go out, the more like people that you meet from like different walks of life is in London everyone is so you know you walk down one street and there'd be one community another street a different community wow. that it's everyone is so mixed together which I don't think happens as well in Edinburgh yeah.
0: yes I think that's true and so you've got did you have a network of pals when you moved down
1: yeah I was really lucky because I'd also taken a gap year in between graduating and moving down which what meant did you do- I went um, I worked for about six months and then I went to Australia, Bali, Southeast Asia, and India. So all the classic spots. But yeah, loved it. And then it meant that by the time I moved down, most people had already made the move.
0: Ah, good dance party. Yeah,
1: exactly. So they'd already got settled, knew how to do everything. And then I've got a big group from uni, big group from school, and then quite a lot of family, friends and stuff here. So it was quite nice that I had a ready-made group already coming down.
0: And that makes quite a difference. I, I also, when I moved down, I had quite a few friends. But London can be a terribly lonely place, and a very isolating place. And,
1: and
0: mm-hmm. uh, some of the clichés are true, I find. I mean, I do you find this? People won't talk to you on the tube, but if they do, do start talking to people, they give you a funny look and, and, and that that closeness that you can often, you'll get in St. Andrews or you'll even get in Edinburgh to some extent, you'll certainly get in Glasgow. Yeah. doesn't really exist in London or have you, found, have you found otherwise?
1: Yeah, I definitely I found, I remember getting the tube when I first moved down and thinking, God, everyone here is so miserable. Everyone just cares about getting from A to B. And then it's a few weeks later you start checking yourself and you realise that you've become the same that, you touch if someone takes slightly too long to go through a ticket barrier <laughs> and you like <laughs> shove your into a tube and don't really have any considerate people around you. And I remember going to Manchester to visit my family about two months into living in London. And I remember getting off the train and everyone being so chatty and so friendly and even buying a loaf of bread in a shop and somebody being like, oh, how's your day been? And being so shocked and you kind of realise how quickly you adapt to a lot colder like way of interacting with people so i do think it is definitely true but i think it it does seem to be in london it mainly comes from the fact that everyone is so busy and desperate to get from a to b that there almost isn't time to stop no, and yes I agree. And
0: people are the same wherever you go in the world generally mm-hmm. and, uh, there is just more space and more time and mm. in, uh, in other places outside london
1: yeah i definitely think that's
0: true it, I do you live in London without giving your postcode away. Without right? giving my
1: postcode, I'm um like between Marylebone and Paddington, so far west, that? which is really yeah. nice. That's kind of where all my uni friends all kind of moved to the west, and all my school friends are more in the east. So
0: were they okay?
1: Yeah, I moved to Bethnal Green when I first moved down, and I really liked that. I thought it was a very like exciting, cool, up and coming area, Bethnal Green, hmm. and I work near there now, so I still get to in the kind of shoreditch
0: realm mm.
1: but I love Notting Hill I think Notting Hill's great that's where I'd
0: love it's to be it's a terrific place but it's still got a good buzz and a vibe to it all because it got very expensive after, after they made the film yes, uh, yes. and I, I lived in, in Bayswater at the time and, and everything oh, got lovely. very expensive and, and lots of the little artisan shops closed down because they're all oh, the red, really? red remember Chris Evans used to have a, an art gallery there called the Well Hung Gallery oh wow uh, uh, his rent went up threefold, or so, or thereabouts. Oh about. my goodness! And uh, and and I, I took a walk down there a few years ago, and uh, I, I saw you could buy a sausage roll for four pound fifty. Oh,
1: stop it!
0: No, without any sauce.
1: Oh, that's outrageous!
0: But it's still, that's- but it's still there. The Portobello Market's still vibrant. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, and I've, I hadn't. It was one of those places that I kept meaning to go to, and then one weekend I was like, "Oh, let's go." And yeah, it was, it has such a nice buzz and energy and especially on a sunny day, I feel it's when everyone that's around you is happy and buzzing, it makes such a difference than when you're in crowds during the week and everyone is miserable. I do mainly love it for the film, I won't lie to you. <laughs> I
0: do. Uh, well, yeah. um, and uh, have you got up to the Portuguese cafes on Goldborn Road?
1: No, I haven't, whereabouts is that?
0: Oh, that's just at the far end of Portobello Road, turn right, you're on. Goulburn Road, I think it okay. is. These lovely Portuguese cafes, really authentic Portuguese cafes, wonderful pastries, um, both savoury and sweet. And you can get your galao. I know I've pronounced that incorrectly, but it's the best I can do. Ooh. It's called galao. It's like, a, it's like a, a, a big milky coffee in a glass, but made with um, Portuguese coffee beans.
1: Oh, I'll need to go because I love a Portuguese custard tart. Well, there you go. Oh, what a good tip! I need to
0: go. Sorry, it's supposed that. to be the other way around. No, you're <laughs> supposed to be the. And, and so, where do you go then to hang out? Special places.
1: I feel like at the moment because it's still so new, I'm still trying to always try out different spots. Yeah. So I went to Camden recently and loved Camden. I really want to go to Hampstead Heath. That's next on my list. And then during the week, I kind of stay near where I work. So round about Spitalfields, um, yeah. Shoreditch Brick Lane, and the city. Yeah. Just because it's the easiest place to meet people. And I do think that's got a really nice feel, especially in the summer when you walk around and everyone stood outside the pubs with their pints. Really, isn't it? Yeah, it is lovely.
0: And the yeah. summer's very different in London to it is in Edinburgh.
1: Yeah, or... it's just proper hot. Because I first moved down in August and I remember being shocked yeah. <laughs> at the heat, like having to sleep with the window open was a foreign concept <laughs> to me. <laughs> and go, like going on the tube and literally feeling like you're about to faint because it was just so <laughs> hot. Yeah, I feel like I came at the end of summer. So then I feel like I've had most of it in the winter that I'm starting to see the glimpse of spring that I'm looking forward to because I think the nice thing in London to do is just sit in the parks yes, and meet I, people there
0: I mean absolutely yeah and we had a field on um uh, a few weeks ago and he was talking about how covered there was no need to take a jacket with him everywhere he went in London
1: I know it's <laughs> like shocking <laughs> and even uh, i remember i went home in october to visit my sister and i came back with like this huge puffer jacket that i'd needed to wear the whole weekend and i got back into london king's cross and i stepped off the train at beads of sweat and i was like i've so misjudged this it may be caught up there but it's not yet hit london.
0: Yeah. You- hey, you've, got, you've got a decent amount of spare time so how do you spend it
1: well i love reading i love podcasts and I'm trying to get into my running, so I'm trying to get better at doing five Ks. I'd love to do a race sometime soon, and then just exploring London recent, like mainly. My godmother's here, and we go to exhibitions and stuff a lot because I try and drag my friends around galleries, and they're not really having it. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, she, she's my you exhibition. Do have,
0: And spoil it, bit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> your godmother, though.
1: Yeah, um, and she always finds good stuff because I'm rubbish at sourcing them. Um, yeah, because so she's good at reading all the magazines that you need to know to find out what the latest things are and more. um oh,
0: yeah. you do have to book. Them. I mean, these some of these things get very busy,
1: don't they? Mm, yeah, like the Dior exhibition was gone instantly. Yeah. And by the time I was like, oh, do you fancy going to this? She was like, tickets sold out to that about a month ago. <laughs> Good luck trying to get a ticket to that.
0: Right. So we've come to the Joker app time now. So you got to tell us a joke or tell us about an app that you find kind of indispensable.
1: Ooh. Oh, let me think. An app I find expensive I'm actually going to check my phone right now and see what I can find. I love, oh, and I can't choose a podcast app.
0: Well, you could choose a podcast. Yeah,
1: yes. I'll choose my yeah. BBC Sounds.
0: BBC Sounds, okay.
1: Yeah, I love it.
0: That's a whole thing, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a, well, BBC Sounds is an app.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I feel like so, no, a day does not go by where I'm not listening
0: to that. So, what do you listen to on BBC Sounds?
1: So, I love listening to, because I'm rubbish at listening to things live on the radio, especially ones on the Saturday, because I'm doing something different. So, the Graham Norton and the Ryland Clark. Which shows after they've happened, they get me through the week. And then I love the podcast. I think it's to Fortunately with Fee and Jane. Say that one again. Fortunately with Fee and Jane. Okay. Um, that's great. The food program, which is just a podcast and they just talk about the history of different bits of food. So I listened to one the other day just about the history of spaghetti. Oh,
0: really?
1: Yeah. So I would say BBC Sounds
0: for sure. Okay. Well, that's great. Um, because that's, that's actually probably quite good um, uh, publicity for them, for all the people who listen to London Scots podcast. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's had a bit of a, a bum rap as well, hasn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah, it has. I read a big thing about it in the paper this week, actually, about how it's all meant to be targeted at young people, but it's not that user-friendly. and right. it Basically, talking about how the BBC's trying to target things at younger people that are more interested in Netflix and Amazon Prime. And in doing, in trying to target things to the younger audiences, they're kind of losing out on who actually is their main audience at the moment, which are people that are more um, like over 50s. Yes,
0: so. quite, quite. Yeah, I, I can see what they're doing, but it does seem like a bunch of quite middle aged, middle class men. Yeah. Trying to, um, with the kids. Yeah. And, and feeling. Yeah. In terms of doing that, but, you know.
1: Uh-huh. I, I think it was by India Knight and she was saying how it reminded her of in the tony blair era that him hanging out with oasis and the spice girls yeah um and trying to be like trendy and i think it is the same guy who was behind all those pr senses is now working on bbc sounds so it does have that feel of uh-huh. trying to make something that isn't so cool cool but it's worked on me evidently well,
0: uh-huh. <laughs> you know, i use it for i use it listen to the world at one and, and a couple of other things and i find it very useful for mm-hmm. that and and after talking to you, I'll explore it a little bit more and see the other Yeah, definitely and, uh, do. I, I, you know, I, The whole thing of podcasts, the whole thing of, of, of bits of information being parceled up and then passed down to you just when you want it is a great idea. And, and mm. I, I can see why everybody wants to live like that. Or, or, or if you're given the choice, a lot of people want to live like that and consume their entertainment and their information that way. Uh, I think was yeah. growing up when there was only three channels and you just had to watch at a certain time and it was all tailored around the box and now everything's tailored around the individual.
1: Yeah, and, and it's just like listening to two of your friends having a chat. Yeah. Um, so it is. I find, especially on the Tube, and you're wanting to go to a different place and you can listen to two people having a conversation about something you found interesting. Yeah. It's just such a nice way to pass the time. It is.
0: Great. Okay, well, listen, talking about nice ways to pass the time, it's been very nice to pass the time with you, Alice. Yes, thank you. Thanks you too, Ed. For coming on. And there's two tickets to the Cayley Club anytime you want to come along. Just uh, amazing. We, w- and, uh,
1: we went for our work Christmas party. Well, you can um, do that. I do that.
0: We'll, um, or anytime you want to bring the gang from work, just let me know and we'll sort you out a discount code.
1: Fab. Thanks so much, Ed. That's lovely. Thanks you, Alice. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye Cheers now. now.
0: Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the London Scots podcast. It's been a blast for us and we hope that you've enjoyed it. The wonderful music was provided by licence to Cayley and if you're looking for a taste of Scotland in London and a great night out, then head over to the Cayley Club. Have a wonderful day, everybody, and lang may your love week. Thank you and bye-bye.